Yo, 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 I am Dustin Mikesell, and this is the Watchmen Inc. Podcast. Are you tired of the deception of the Matrix? Here, we will build a case around God's plan for the mad world, using biblical history and the application of the scriptures to provide hope and truth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's up? Welcome to Watchmen Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Mikesell, and this is my co-host, Taylor McCall. How are we doing today, T-Mac? Doing well. Looking forward to it. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Yep. So once again, just want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in today and uh, supporting the podcast and supporting the movement. Like I said, this is a movement that we're starting. This is not uh, just something we want to do for entertainment. This is truly something we feel in our hearts that God has put put on our hearts to um take on this mission and it's not not just me and t mac here it's both of us like it's many other people so you gotta remember that this isn't new information to just me and him this stuff that we'll be getting into this is stuff we learned and it takes hours and hours of research like you know obviously reading the bible the scriptures that's a very key piece to understanding all of this stuff and how you attach the you know rabbit holes to the bible and the conspiracies and yada yada but uh, yeah, so today we're going to just go back to the beginning because that's what me and my my host here are feeling most pressing on our heart these days during these crazy times that we're in in the end, end times. We truly believe that because we see the season. So yeah, we think that getting into Genesis is a really important part of this attaching all the rabbit holes in the darkness that you know I've been exposing on Instagram for a little bit. I think that this is key for the body of Christ right now during these end times that we truly believe that we're in because of the seasons that we're seeing, you know, come, come to the earth. And yeah, we think that Genesis is a great place to start for the body of Christ. And this is where we're, where we're going with this movement is because I think many people, they don't discredit the old Testament, but they, you know, we, we only hear really the new Testament preached, you know, in today's age, mostly because it's about Jesus, you know, his gospel and testimony. So wouldn't you agree that, you know, we just don't see many churches um, speaking about, you know, the old Testament, especially Genesis, obviously it's very relevant and many still do, but I just think that it's kind of left the mind of people. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a part of it is, um, People who don't necessarily know the Bible, uh, they think that the Old Testament is irrelevant either because they don't believe in the truth of the Bible in general, or they believe that since Jesus came, what happened in the Old Testament doesn't necessarily matter because now Jesus has fulfilled the new covenant, which obviously, yes, he has filled the new covenant, but What's important about the Old Testament, in my opinion, is it shows you a lot of human behavior that has happened since creation. And that human behavior hasn't changed from back then to today. People's motivations and things like that are still very similar to what's happening today. And that's what I appreciate about the Old Testament is it shows what they were doing and really what their motivations are, where the New Testament kind of teaches us how to live a life for God, which obviously is very important. But what we're talking about on this podcast is kind of how we've got to where we are now. And like the famous saying is, you know, if you don't know history, then it's bound to repeat itself. And so that's what we're trying to 
show people and wake people up to that is if we don't learn from history and we make the same mistakes they did, then it's going to get us into a place where, you know, we're going to get in trouble. And that's why Watchmen, we're blowing the horn right now to kind of forewarn people that we just need to repent and turn from our ways and then have God take care of the rest. Uh, Yeah, that couldn't have been said any better because we actually see this movement of trying to destroy history and trying to, you know, with this cancel culture going on right now and how they want to change the textbooks and the whitewashing for these Mm -hmm. new movements. And look, we all know that history is not peaches and cream if you want to say it nicely (laughs) we know that there's messed up there's plenty of stuff on all genders all races all sides of history to really point and show this this going back to the beginning in the garden where man fell to satan and why we see you know this you know these these agendas that have have been created on earth through men we see that it's for a much bigger war you know like we we all think that it's just been about land war resource war all of our lives which is true but we have to understand that that was always a smaller plan to to get the bigger plan which you know in revelation it talks about the mark of the beast and that's ultimately what christians in the body of christ need to understand is that if god said that that time is coming then that means there isn't anything that we can do to stop it so instead of trying to stop it or do this great awakening movement that a lot of the quote truth community is part of we need to go back and we need to understand the bible and god and why he was able to give us the revelation through john and why we are able to take this stuff that we see today in this season and this time and relate it exactly back to the beginning and so that's what i think is going to be really important for us to touch on today is that the new proves the old the past proves the future i've been saying that in my post like anybody that's been watching my instagrams i said the past proves the future because there's literally prophecy being fulfilled almost every day in the sense of just the signs and the, and the things that are happening and so yeah with that let's just get into straight into genesis you know let's let's start at the beginning let's see why we are in this war. So first off, you know, we're not going to go and read Bible verse by Bible verse. That would, you know, obviously kill the vibe. And we don't have time to do that. You know, we don't want to waste your time with that. You can go read the Bible yourself. Yes, which we is encourage cool. you know, that. Always yes. think you should do after these podcasts. Go. Yes, we encourage you to go do your own studying on this and let God and the Holy Spirit reveal what he wants to through you. Because we all have the spirit that when we've accepted Christ and we all can receive, you know, the information through the scripture and everybody, you know, can read it the same, but it's also important for us to each individual dive into. So take what we're teaching today and, you know, take notes or whatever, and then take it back to the scripture. That's our first, you know, always recommendation. And so that's kind of how this will be throughout this whole podcast is we will not cherry pick, but we're going to pick places out of every part of the Bible where we can create this discussion about, you know, what we see today. And so this is like a kind of blending of the the new with the old. Okay. So that's all we're doing with Genesis. So in the beginning, we know that God created the earth, the heavens, you know, it took seven days. Um, it talks about how he created the animals. So everything was created on five days before man, because man was created on the sixth day, which is kind of an interesting concept when you really get into numerology and why God would create man on the the day, the last day before he rested on the seventh day, which is, you know, Sabbath where God didn't work and he rested from his creation. Um, so yeah, 
in Genesis 1:26, this is exactly what, you know, got us into this war because God said, I have a plan for something that's above even the heavens, the, the animals, the angels, everything. Because remember, the angels are not created in God's image. They are made in an image, but they are not made in his image. Because here we see in Genesis 1:26, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So see, God just straight up said, I'm giving you dominion, which literally means rulership or like, you know, you, Adam got to name all the animals. You know, we control this earth. You know, he created it for us. Obviously he is God and the creator, but he is literally when you, when you know the word dominion, it means to rule. So God gave us this, this earth to rule. And that's why, you know, it's funny with science. You see evolution try to say that we're like animals, yet I've never seen a lion cage a, a human. Even though, you know, animals can kill humans. Like, I wouldn't go to test a lion. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're smarter than the animals. Like, animals aren't caging humans at the zoo. We're, we're caging the animals. So, you know, that's where you can kind of just, like, say we are clearly top of the chain. Like we are clearly top of the chain. And that, and that in God's eyes is the truth. And that is why Satan gets really upset here. That is why into the next part that we're going to talk about is the fall of mankind. And who was the one that made mankind fall? Yeah. It's interesting because when you talk about how we have the capacity to, you know, be smarter than the lion, we are given the gift of reason. And as we'll talk about here shortly, that's a double-edged sword because while we are given the gift of reason, just because we have the ability and the capacity to gain knowledge, that doesn't mean we'll ever gain enough knowledge to be on God's level, as we're going to talk about here shortly. But we were given that special ability to reason above the animals and to use our intellect to be good stewards over the earth and take care of it. Yes. So with that, we're going to get into where man mankind falls. And a lot of people, I think, read this story and they just consider, oh, they just ate a piece of fruit. And now this isn't something I'm going to necessarily get into today, like what my thoughts are on it, because I do have my own individual thoughts that aren't necessarily biblical based in the sense it doesn't say that. But you just start looking at things and we'll actually this will lead into another episode it's called the Genesis 6 conspiracy about the Nephilim, okay? And so this is actually what this is all leading up to. And this is Satan creating his plan in the garden for even that. And so much is happening in Genesis 1 through, like, chapters 1 through 6 that it, you really, it could take you a long time to truly sit there and study and understand what it truly means. Like, what 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 was the tree of life? Like, what do you think that was? You know, I think we should just put that in space. I think that's a huge thing in the body of Christ is like, what was exactly the purpose of the tree of knowledge? Like, obviously God may have created it, but it's just interesting that he would put that there. But right. we obviously know why it's for the choice of free will. But like, what do you think that that really entitled? Well, for me, I kind of just take it at a somewhat literal sense of there was a tree of life and there was a tree of knowledge and good needle. Cause it says they ate of the fruit and Unlike most people believing that it's an apple, you know, I don't know where that came about that, oh, they ate an apple because once this, once they fell and they were removed from the garden, there was a guards, you know, angels put in place to guard the garden so that no one could ever get back there. So whatever 
they consisted of, we're not indulging in it nowadays. You know, I don't think there's any copies or anything close to what happened, whatever it was, because God had enough conviction to make sure that nobody could get back to the garden and take a part of those things. So whatever they were, you know, it was something that God, we won't, you know, enjoy or get to taste of or anything like that anymore. So I just kind of take it as a, a literal thing of some kind of tree with fruit, you know, but I never try to act like I know everything, you know, when we finally find out and hear from God, what that actually was, then, you know, I'll probably be surprised in some way or another. But for me, yeah, I just take it as a literal kind of translation. So, yeah. So with, I agree with you and that's where, you know, we can get in trouble with the Bible and reading the Bible is trying to read too much into things sometimes and like letting the Bible just, you know, describe what's happening, you know, because I, I truly believe that God knows how to preserve his word. I mean, if we're worshiping a God that created us and created all the things we see on earth, we, you know, we as Christians can't really agree that he can preserve his word through men. I mean, even us right now, you know, we're just being used. We're just vessels. Everybody's a vessel and you can be used by God. And so he literally says he'll put words into your mouth. So this is where, you know, a lot of people are going to get into, well, this was changed or these books were taken out or blah, blah, you know. So I've heard multiple conspiracies with with the tree of life. And I'll just touch base on because I'm, you know, maybe a few people in the audience are thinking, you know, maybe it's something more than that. And I've always thought that, too, just because when you start thinking about the Genesis six conspiracy and how the Nephilim were born, it says the sons of man came into the women and chose the daughters of I think men. it's sons of God, actually. The sons of God. Yeah. Sorry. The sons of God. Okay. And so that's where we know that that, that title was given to the angels or like to the, you know, a higher, a higher realm of creation. Like we're, cause it will use that in constant. And that's where the Bible can get confusing for people. Cause it does call us the sons of God too, in places, I believe, but this particular verse and the way it's, you know, if you read it within the context, it's saying that the sons of God, came and chose women because they seen that they were beautiful. They were fair and that they wanted them and they desired them. And then they, they slept with them. I mean, that's, that's what it's saying. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people will call me crazy and say, that's not what it's saying, but that's like, you look at the Nephilim and then you look at all these, you know, ancient civilizations and like the, the proof that giants definitely existed on earth at one time. And I mean, archeology, span they've even found bones and stuff. And this is part of the conspiracy to hide that stuff because, you know, how many more people would be more inclined to believe what I'm about to present in the sense of like, maybe it was more than just even a tree of like a fruit, like maybe it has that literal sense, but then maybe just like a lot of things, like even in revelation, it has a dual meaning of like, it's a little bit deeper than our understanding. Therefore we can't say that it's this, but then if you take other parts of the Bible and put it within context of like that thought, that can help strengthen the argument that, Hey, this is my, might be what went down. And personally, bro, like, I think the tree of life is the fruit, but I think that, well, I've had a couple thoughts one. Okay. God allowed Satan to plant the tree. So like that tree, like he knew was like of bad. And so he created all the other trees in the garden for, for Adam. And he said, all of it's good except that one. So, you know, I, it doesn't say that, but you know, maybe, maybe that's why it was a corruptible tree, you know, because God doesn't technically make anything bad. So see, that's where it is kind of interesting to think like this tree is going to cause death. And 
God knew this, but did he really desire it? Because I don't think God desires death. Well, I think the reason why it was going to cause death was because God told them not to eat of it. True. So, I mean, right. And there so it was a commandment. Really. Exactly. There was one commandment. Because if you think about the knowledge of good and evil, knowing the difference between good and evil isn't a bad thing. But true. Choosing to disobey God and eat something when literally you have everything av- available to you. That was the whole point of the sin was when we disobey God. And that was the original sin was choosing to disobey God. And that's still what sin is today is when we just choose to disobey God. Um, but going back to your point with the, the Genesis six, you read verse two. And then if you go down to verse four, it says there are giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bear children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Right. So it doesn't really say that kind of phrasing anywhere else. When normal men go in and have babies, they never say anything like that, that, oh, these were mighty men, men of renown talking about giants in the, in the earth, you know? And so, because I've heard some people try to say that, oh, the sons of God were just men. Well, why does it differentiate then in this part of scripture and than any other parts of scripture when it's talking about giants specifically? That's a very good point. And that's a very good, see, that's, that's why it's important to read your Bible people, because there are some churches, some pastors that literally teach the giants. It's just like, it's not really what it means. And yeah, I find that really funny because one of the most famous stories about giants is David and Goliath. I mean, we teach that to our children. We, we have it in books. It's like one of the most um, founded things that is in the Bible. Yet we try to come out here, me and Taylor, and we tell people like, Hey, angels were sleeping with women back in the day, like in the old Testament and during the beginning. And then people were like, Oh no, that, that can't happen. It's like, but, but we see the giants are all throughout the Bible. I mean, and even I was actually just studying Samuel. I was, I just finished second Samuel today. And it literally talks about David going and fighting against the children of giants, mm-hmm. even after the flood. So to deny that there were once giants on this earth and to deny that that was a perversion that happened in God's plan is honestly denying scripture. Like you're denying what the Bible. Yeah. And I think the reason that people avoid the topic is because they're afraid. They're afraid that if they say these things, it's going to be hard. The people are going to find it hard to believe. And if they find it hard to believe, then they may not want to choose to keep being a Christian quote unquote, but, in my opinion, that's a sorry excuse for wanting to teach the truth is being afraid of anything because God is not a God of fear. And so you need to just share the truth and let these people hear the truth and then decide on yourself if you're going to teach them a lukewarm, vanilla, bland gospel because you're afraid of it. Well, then, yeah, you may not want to start with this when they're a baby Christian, but eventually, you know, these people need to hear these things because once again, as you're talking about history, especially including biblical history, this is, you know, these cultures worship these things and set up these practices, which God absolutely hated because they're pure evil. Abominations. Yeah, they are. They're abominations. And if you just ignore that fact, then you 
and you don't really get under any understanding of how these things came to be. But when you understand that this is what these people worshipped, and basically you literally had fallen angels on the earth, and then they're creating bloodlines, and these bloodlines are basically teaching these cultures, these ancient secrets, but while doing it, they're requiring worship, which requires children, sacrifice, and all these different things, you know, then you understand, and then you can follow that, and you can kind of tie that into today and what's going on today, not to get too deep into it right away, but you start understanding that this has been going on from the beginning of time. And it has not stopped. It's just interesting, too, because even today, um, I was just thinking when you were talking about how you can see all the signs, um, Egypt. I mean, all we have to do is go back to Egypt and look at the pyramids. Why can man not replicate anything like those pyramids even today? And how are they still standing? Like, that's the honest truth. Like, yes, they were structurally built really great. But when you really look into the pyramids and how they were built and like what it took to build those, you start you know, thinking about the way they teach it in history. And then you start applying the Bible and what it actually teaches. And you get a little bit different feeling that I think that there was giants helping build these massive, crazy civilizations and helping, you know, I mean, there's crazy structures all around the earth that like even technology we have today with all the cranes and all the machinery, we couldn't even lift or do. So how are these people so smart to be able to carve into the side of mountains? And, you know, you look at some of these Egyptian things. Oh my gosh. They're like, it's amazing. Like truly it is amazing, Well, to, but it's kind of scary yeah. It's it, to wit, you know, to witness, but it's scary. Cause you're like, why isn't man? Like, why does it seem like mankind is taking a step backwards when it comes to architecture? Well, yeah, it's uh, like we can build great things, you know, but like when you look at history and the things that were built in history, quite amazing that we've actually taken a step back. But I also think that that's because once again, the Old Testament was a different time on Earth. I mean, at this point, there has not even been rain on the Earth. And many people are like what? And it's like, no, this yeah. is, the Earth was like under this like biodome scenario where the water just came up from the earth and like everything was naturally watered. Like there was no rain to come and like purify the lands and do all this. That actually doesn't happen until after the flood Mm -hmm. because people are living till, I mean, how old was the oldest guy? I think it was Methuselah. Yeah. He was was like 969 years. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can you i'll be 32 this year uh to think that i'm halfway to like you know death in the sense 50s creeping closer than my 20s now and you know i'm still very young but to think that you know here in the next 20 years i'm gonna be considered not old but i'm gonna be considered you know i might be able to get that elmer's discount soon So what about Methuselah? What kind of discounts he get for making it to 960? What? Well, and I think that's part of the Old Testament is sometimes we read it, but, and it's like, oh, they lived to 969 years. And it's like, we don't necessarily take time to think about Yes, what must that have been like? The world was clearly different. And we try to relate the world back then to how we see it now that's just something we do as humans is we struggle to relate or think about what it must have been like back then because all we have is our own perspective and it was clearly very different 
we can't even imagine what it must have been like. You know, we have the text, but, you know, what culture was like, what day-to-day life was like, all those kinds of things. We only have small insights into it because it was so long ago. But with that, like you said earlier, I think in the in the cast is mankind hasn't changed like the attitude of men and the way we work no. and the way we operate our desires, our feelings, what we what we want truly on the earth with that free will and after the fall, that has not changed. So that's why it's easy to go back and even though they lived to 900 years old and had a lot more knowledge, were able to have a lot more offspring. Obviously, I mean, can you think about how many kids you'd have if you lived to 900? Holy smokes. But you got to think this is God populating the earth and trying to get, you know, the plan started of mankind and free will. And so there's this huge mixing pot going on on the earth that God is like, okay, man has fallen from the state of what I wanted them in, in the garden. And now they're sleeping with it. Like the angels have decided to come into humans and sleep with the women. And now they've created a genetic hybrid on the earth. And we are seeing now in the Bible, all kinds of terrible things happening. Like, and you got to think too, like some people, I think read the Bible in chronological order, think this is happening. Then this is happening. No, you got to think that there's a lot of time happening in between things. I believe there's even a lot of time between and this is why, you know, the the tree in the garden kind of gets me thinking about something else because I start looking at the genealogy of Adam and it doesn't start talking about that. I think until like uh, Genesis 5, um, when it starts talking about the genealogy of Adam, but we know that Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel first, right? And so you start looking into Cain and Cain is a very interesting character in the Bible, to my, in my opinion, because He's the older brother, right, of of Abel. And you just see this spirit in him um, immediately, like from what the Bible, like we get a very brief description of like, obviously Abel's life because he got murdered by his brother. But that's the thing is where did that spirit or where did that feeling of wanting to murder his brother come from? Because even though man's in a fallen state and there's probably already been things, Abel's technically the first murdered person on earth because God comes to Cain and says, where's your brother at? And Cain obviously knew where he was at, but he said, I'm not my brother's keeper. And that right there shows like a beast like mentality. And who is the beast? It's the devil, you know? So in a way, did Cain come from Satan or did, you know, like did how, how did Cain come to be, even though he was born of Adam and Eve, was there something that like, since we know angels can get into humans, is there something that happened that, you know, we just maybe can't see or that we're not looking deeper into as the body, like you said, and taking time to actually think about it in a, in a logical way, not to start adding stuff, but to say, all right, Cain was marked. Okay. And Cain was obviously, you know, cursed by God, but he also had favor found upon him. So that's why, you know, he was a man because God ended up actually showing him grace, but it is interesting. He was marked. Okay. And so this is where it's kind of like, what's this bloodline? Like you said, coming on earth right now from Cain. And that's where a lot of time is going in between from Genesis, like five to six, when Adam actually has Seth, when Adam has his son Seth, there's actually been quite a bit of time on the earth, I believe before that time even came. So it had been quite like, quite some time after Abel was murdered that Adam and Eve started having more children. So Cain was going around the earth, right. And starting tribes and he's marked by God and says, if anybody touches you or harms you, like they'll be cursed 10 times or something like that. Right. He's taken on him seven holds. So Genesis four fifteen, the Lord said unto him, therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. 
and the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Sevenfold. That's kind of interesting because how how long is tribulation in the Bible? Seven years. How long does God take God to create you know everything? Seven, seven, you know, seven days. Something about seven. Okay, and so that's interesting that it'll come back sevenfold. I'm just thinking because, like I said. Why was Cain marked and why was that mark so significant for it to be in the Bible? You know, because clearly that mark was like an indicator to people like, dude, this guy's got something going on with him. And while he has grace shown upon him, nobody. And so it's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, if you think about it, they're the third and fourth people. Exactly. So that's the thing is um, Cain's traveling around because he's just in the wilderness now because God, you know, banned him from being in 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 the camp of Adam and Eve. And so that's what's interesting is that in Genesis 5 now we say, because this is important for the body to understand too, um, the first few books of the Bible are, are a tough read for any Christian, not because it's not interesting or not relevant, but because God had to make sure that when people in these times, like that say the Bible is incorrect or can't be proven, well, why does God include genealogy then in like the history of descendants of all these men and being able to track it and tell them the age and they died? It's not very fun to read, but it's very important for the scripture and for the Bible to show that, hey, it's historically rooted in real people that had real lives that were documented. Okay, that's how we you know, that's how we test history right now. We go and we look at the timestamp of how, who were they, when were they born, you know? So this is very important during the Old Testament and during the beginning of the Bible for God to do. And I think that kind of turns a lot of people off because they're like, all right, he was living and he had this kid and this kid, you know? So it's tough. It's a tough read. I'm not going to lie to you. And that's why we're not going to sit here and read <laughs> through all the descendants, but it's important to understand that the God puts the descendants in for a reason, because when you have somebody that, you know, wants to scoff about the Bible or try to say, Oh, it's not right. Well, we have genealogy here. And like I said, you can believe what you want to believe in all things, but we, you know, God was wise enough to know that we needed this. So this is the book of generations. This is Genesis five, Adam's descendants. This is the book of generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him, male and female, created them and blessed them and called their name Adam. And in the day they were created and Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty days. Wow, he lived a long time too. 930 years and then he died. And then Seth. So that's where it kind of trips me up a little bit. I, you know, I still am studying like truly this could take this. This is only going to be unlocked in heaven in the sense of to truly understand what is happening during this beginning time on earth and creation with all of this and what happened in the garden. That's why we're sitting here making this podcast because this is just to throw a kind of a different twist than your average. Just read it and accept, like you said. It was an apple that was a like, why is it an apple? Even though it's kind of funny. What's our phones, our, our iPhones? That, and Well, I think that's why people. Exactly. You know, it. it's true. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I'm just like, I get tripped up on that, bro, that. Well, pain isn't to, mentioned in it, it as his. Just my opinion, yeah. obviously. But it's like Abel was obviously, you know, I hate to say better I'm, I'm, son. 
It's what but, it says. You know, he brought the first of his flock, you know, and he brought the better sacrifice. That's because that's like God, because you God know? gave us Jesus. So that's a representation of, uh, of you know, God himself, too. Hence why he found favor with Abel. Well, and, and that's why when we give tithes, you know, we don't give the leftovers. We should be giving the first fruits of what we give, you know. And basically, once Cain slew Abel, you know, even though technically Cain is still from the bloodline of Adam, you know, to create a genealogy from that, it's almost like he he lost his ability. I mean, if you think about Jacob and Esau, Esau sold his birthright, and then he was blessed by Jacob. So even though he was technically the firstborn, now, you know, we don't remember him in the lineage of Jesus. It's, it's Very Jacob. Good point. And so, you know, what we have can be lost by our actions. You know, we can lose out on things because of it. And that's why it's important to try to follow God with, you know, the best of our ability, because just like opportunities, sometimes opportunities in our lives only present our, present itself at certain times. And if we don't take advantage of those opportunities, then you know, we can all look back at our lives and think, man, I should have done this, that, or the other. And if we knew back then what we know now, we would take advantage of that. But it's learning from our mistakes. God doesn't give up on us, and he still has a plan for us. But there are things that can change about our life from our from our free will. That's and, and you made me think of when you said that we shouldn't give God the leftovers. Um, that's, that's the first miracle of Jesus is he made the water turn to wine, which seems like if the water was served at the party, that would be the leftovers for the party, you know, like to not have any more wine for the, for the party, what would have been a terrible tragedy. But once they delivered the wine that Jesus turned into, you know, from water, the, the, the ho the guests tasted it and said, Look at the host. They've saved the best for last, which was not traditional in the, you know, in the feast. They would right. always start with the best first. So the fact that it came last, oh, yeah, that, well, that, yeah, that's interesting. Once you're in your cups, you can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, once you're a little tossed, <laughs> you definitely don't know what, uh, yeah, what, what you're getting at that point. So, but he did because it was the best. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree with that. That's a great point. And that's, that, see, this is why we do this because. I still get tripped up on things because I have my own thoughts. We all have our own thoughts and we all study the Bible our own way. And then we see things that try to, you know, and that's why it's important to come together in the body and do these types of things is because iron sharpening iron. Like we're just trying to make each other stronger yep. in our belief, our faith and our biblical foundation. And that's just so important in the body right now to do not to tell people that they're wrong, but to say, Hey, this is my opinion, or this is a point that I want to make from the scripture. So see, Taylor made a point. And okay, now it kind of makes sense to me that why would God want to put any of Cain's lineage into the Bible right away? Because all, he's marked and he's technically been cut off from the lineage of like God's creation in the sense like he was still living and doing his own thing. But now you've got the pervert part of the world. And this is why you don't have every single name in the Bible because that would be impossible. So Yes, you're right. God is just trying to show, hey, this is my bloodline that's being established on earth too good to, because you got to remember, this has always been about Jesus. So even though we're sitting here talking like, yep. oh no, God just should have taken this devil out of the garden or, you know, no, the plan was always for Jesus to come and do what he did. That's yep. what you need to understand is that there was a plan going into the plan of creation already. 
And once you accept that as a Christian or as a person, then that's when the faith can be strengthened that, okay, Jesus was always the plan. Jesus and what he came to because he's God in the flesh. I mean, that's what we believe that, you know, when you read scripture is that Jesus is God in the flesh. God is the father. And then you have the Holy Spirit, three separate entities, but you have the Trinity and all of them are one entity because they are God, but they are three separate entities, just like me and Taylor are sitting here. We are made in the image of God, have spirits from God, but we are separate entities. All right. And so God just is able to prove continuously that he's just trying to give us his best. And he, that's what he requires of us. And he knew that we wouldn't be able to do it. So that's why he sent his best. That's why you see Abel giving his best. You see Abraham trying to sacrifice Isaac. Like it's all about to represent, Hey humans, are you going to give me your best? No matter what time I come and I call for it, or are you going to give me the scraps? So yeah, I just think it's really important for us to touch base on like the fall of man. Okay. It's Satan. Satan made us fall because he knew the plan of Jesus was coming. And then that's why he tried to have the Nephilim in the Genesis six conspiracy, which we'll get into next time, because we're going to branch off from this and wonder, all right, so what was it exactly in the garden that Satan said that like is so relevant today that me and Taylor want to, you know, start our podcast here and get everybody on the same page of what we understand. And that's what he said to Eve specifically he said, surely you won't die if you eat from the tree, but you will be like God. That is yep. the key verse or key saying from Satan's mouth or the snake which we know the snake is a lot of people have argued me and said, it's not the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil, Satan. He's got many names at the end of the day. What the snake is, is an angel of light. And he doesn't play by the same rules. Read the scriptures. It says that Lucifer, Satan is an angel of light. So when he came to Eve, he didn't come as a little red pitchfork, scary horned devil to Eve. He didn't come to her in his fall and say, he came to her obviously as a snake, but he showed his glory and his beauty through his deception of his words. You see, he understands words. He understands the word. You don't think that Satan knows the word of God. And so he knew what telling mankind after and, and what he would, how he would deceive them. He would just have to make a small lie. It's not, not, not a massive one, not have to go radical, just a small lie and tell Eve, oh, no, no, you just got it. You just got it wrong. You won't die, but you'll be like God, which she didn't die immediately. See, he told the truth because he knew you weren't going to die immediately, but I'm going to catch you in a snare. And when an animal's caught in a snare, they end up dying because they can't get out. And so that's what the devil did was he set a snare and he said, no, no, Eve, you won't die today, but you will be like God. So this is the agenda we see continuously. Oh my gosh. Hollywood music, everywhere we just see that this awakening and this like self-empowerment or even like the new age christianity coming to earth right now like christ consciousness like you can be god you can be like god you're supposed to obtain the knowledge of god so we just want to get into that because you start looking at this through history and this like quote saying you can be like god and this is where you get so many pagan religions and so many things you know this is where you get the illuminati and the freemasons and the gnostics and what they believe in these elitists you know what i mean like these people that truly right. are like they worship pagan gods but they worship these pagan gods because they ultimately a lot of them you know when you're as you get higher up you start to understand the false gods are just tied back to the one true false god the, the father of lies which is satan and so that's what we want to get into yes. that God, God knew what Satan did and was going to do, but he was hopeful that mankind would re reject that. But 
like I said, this is the plan and this is why we have to accept it. And we're not God. So we can't sit here and say, well, yeah, God should have just stopped Satan. Well, why did he even create him? You know what I mean? Because there has to be a catalyst for free will. If God has free will and create us in his image, therefore we have to have a choice. And so if you don't provide choice, then we're just robots with all yeses. Or if you create just pure bad, <laughs> like look at Satan, you know, if you just create all bad, that's what you get. So he wanted something that would choose him ultimately, not be forced into him or always reject him. You know, he wanted something that would willingly well, choose. So, yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, even the angels have the choice. Because Lucifer was an angel and he chose to rebel and he fell. So he wasn't created evil. He chose to be that way. And once he understood what his outcome was going to be, he's trying to bring as many as he can with him. And that's really the the gist of that lie is, oh, I'm going to deceive you because even though I may act like your friend in the end, I'm trying to bring you down. Well, and that was and the reason I say they don't have a choice. So, yeah, you're right. They have a choice, but it's like a divine choice because they understand the realms that we don't understand, like the heavenly realms and stuff. And so they knew like Satan knew immediately, almost probably after he was created by God. Oh, I see your plan because God's like, hey, you guys are going to be part of this bigger plan. And then I'm going to create humans from the dust. And that's when Satan, like with pride, because see, God seen pride in his heart and his he'd seen iniquity. And he was just like, I'm not going to, you know, be underneath because we are going to rule the angels in heaven. We will be uh, the authority over them. You need to understand that. This is why it's Satan wants us to fall and go to hell or, you know, distract us from the truth is because he already knows he's going to be under us, you know, in a deep, dark, fiery pit. But even in this walk in life and the things that we get to do, see, this is why the angels came into the men and the women is because there's something about us that's different. And so they desire that. And so they're jealous. They, they honestly, it's jealousy, you know, like, so yeah, they choose to be jealous because they don't want to accept the state that they were created in. And so now they want to come and pervert ours and make us fall. And that's why God said, well, this is my creation. So I'm going to redeem them because I'm God. Right. I mean, he's a father and if, you know, parents, obviously they love their children. And even when they rebel, God is the, you know, the ultimate father and loves us no matter what we do. Nothing we do changes how he feels about us. It makes him sad. Absolutely. When we do things that hurt us or even hurt mad, others, but it doesn't change how he feels. Right. About Cause us. he's a, he... He's always just waiting and, for us to and I think, come back to and, him. And I do think that people sometimes think that God is just so he's, if he's like us in the sense, he's obviously God. So he's perfect. He understands everything. He understands his emotions, but he still has the emotions because he created us with them. And I see God have emotions through the Bible right away in Genesis oh, yeah. with the flood, because with well, the flood, yes. he said, I repent for making mankind, not because he regretted or did a bad thing, but he repented because he felt so bad. Like Taylor said, we became so wicked and so perverse and creation in a whole with the angels and everything became so wildly wicked so fast that he was like, I really just like did not real. I mean, I knew this was going to happen, but wow, it really is painful to see that you guys went bad fast, like really fast. And so that's why he set an age limit and ended up flooding the earth, which we'll get into. But where where can we really see this idea of being like God? So I've been exposing the Illuminati, the Freemasons, all these, you know, secret sites, whatever you want to do. They have a million names, different, you know, 
sex, you know, off branch. It's like a tree itself. It literally, you've got the, you got the roots, which it's rooted in, which is this, this is the roots of that tree of paganism of, you know, the occult, you know, elitism, whatever you are, whatever name you want to put on it. This is the root is the garden. That's why we're touching base on it because this is where it grows from. The stem is, you know, yeah, the, the, what's happened throughout history, like the tree that's like made it established pretty much like a tower of Babel. You know what I mean? Like it's established itself on the earth. Well, yeah. It's established self. And now we're just seeing the branches and the fruits all coming through and starting to bloom now that we're in the end time. Well, exactly. If you think about the Tower of Babel story and what I always refer to that, what you were talking about, the secret societies and all that stuff, what I like to refer it to is just the mystery religion, right? Because the secret societies, they always keep it a mystery and then as you advance through the ranks, they give you a little bit more. As long as you remember to pay all your fees and stuff, you know, it's a, really a pyramid scheme. But if you think about one mystery religion happening at that time, and then the Tower of Babel happens, and you all of a sudden have one mystery religion broken up into however many languages, right? And they dispersed around the earth. All those people that knew those religions that were speaking different languages now, now they start recreating this religion in their own language. It's like the telephone game. You know, you all have kind of your own different version of the same story. So that's why all of them have these same archetypes, but they all have their own intricacies basically related to their own cultures but you notice how they all have these similarities related to them. And that's kind of, in my opinion, how it spread throughout all these different nations and why they're so similar is because you had one mystery religion. And then once the tower of Babel happened, you had a branching off of, you know, however many to start off. And then as that just continues, as more cultures and stuff develop and are you know, created, then you have more religions. I mean, religions are still being created to this day. It's not something that has ever stopped, but you know, that basic story of usually a father, a mother and a child. Right. And so that's why they try to relate it to Christianity as well, because the Roman Catholic religion tries to use Mary as that feminine figure. But in the Bible, in true Christianity, you know, Mary was special because she gave birth to Jesus, but she's not a goddess figure. She's she, no offense to any Catholics, but she lived her time on earth and then she died just like everybody else. And, and she's not ruling in heaven. She's not the queen of heaven. Nothing. And like we see that. that, you know, before Mary was even born, that the, this goddess of heaven, like, you know, some people would say, Oh, uh, Lilith was in the garden or something. So see, they're always trying to add this feminism, like type oh, yeah. archetype to the Bible. And like, even some people go as far as to say that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married and had children. Right. Like, no, Jesus did not have relationships here. He, he knew his mission and that's why he went around rejecting everybody and everything and lived homeless is because he wasn't here to establish a family. Cause if he did, he honestly would have never left because he's God. So he did not have relationships with Mary. If you heard that crap, run the other way. I'm telling you right now, run the other way because 
this this has been a perversion that's been tried to put into the Bible and into God's plan and, you know, the translations for a long time. And see, that's what Taylor's talking about. You've got these agents of, of Satan that literally are working with the darkness because you got to think Satan even tempted Jesus and tried to give him all the kingdoms of the earth. Yet Jesus obviously rejected it. But now if you give your average Joe Schmo that's been poor his whole life or for generations of a family and Satan comes to you and says, I'll make you the king of the earth and I'll make you a great ruler and leader. Well, most men are going to jump right on right on board. Well, and what was the stipulation, right? Oh, you just have to worship me. Deny God. Right? So think about people who are, you know, making deals with the devil now. I'll offer you fame, fortune, anything you want. All you have to do is worship me. It's not that big of a stretch. Once again, if you know the Bible and you know the history, all of that stuff is not new. And the Bible is the truth that unlocks all of these things that are happening today. But if you refuse the truth of the Bible, then you have nothing really to base any of this on. And then you just form your own opinion, which how many of our opinions are wrong? We may think something is right. And then we learn the next day, oh, I wasn't right about that at all. Now I have to change my opinion. And if you have no basis to, you know, of truth to base anything on, then it just becomes what you know today that's why we see so many lost people out here is because they don't even know what to believe because everything sounds good or it has a twist or you know it's just like you know some people hate drinking water but then they'll go buy that crap soda water that has a little bit of flavoring because they just don't like the the original taste of water they need it spiced up a little bit or something and like taylor said earlier it's just human nature to dig into the past and try to find honestly purpose like that's why most people study history and or engage into things that they love is because they're trying to find purpose. They're trying to find a, a meaning for their life and what they're meant to do because see it's built into us because God exists. But a lot of people that don't know God or haven't been raised in the proper, you know, way of knowing who God is as Jesus, they just think that they're just these free loving created evolutionary slum that has come from millions of years, you know, and then we're just walking around mindlessly, like not knowing what the heck is going on and trying to figure out like, why is there so much evil and so much perversion and so much like the agenda for the new world order? See, this is where it goes back. It goes every time. See, we can go all day. The Tower of Babel was pretty much the first new world order that was being established on the earth with mankind. And God said, nah, I'm not going to allow this right now. But it's because God knew that that's what man's goal was. That's why he split everything up and made the people speak different languages. Because he said, this is their goal. This is truly Satan's goal. And he's using men who are down for that goal to become gods on earth. And they'll do anything and they don't care about me and they don't care about what I'm actually here to do. And so he had to make a way to be able to get men like me and Taylor in today's you know, society. Hey, you need to blow the watchman. This isn't just me and Taylor. This is anybody that reads the Bible and sees what's going on. This is why he created watchmen. And is because they are looking in a, in a deeper sense, like they are at the tower. They are looking out where the city is not necessarily looking. They're just engaged in their everyday activities. They're not sitting here looking, okay? And so we're sitting here looking and we're sitting here watching. And so that's what we want to just tell you. We're not here to convince you. We're here to tell you we've been watching, we've been looking, we've been studying, and this is what we see along with many others. 
And so I think the last point to get really, you know, to tie this episode up and to tie what we, you know, we're trying to teach or what these mystery religions or this mystery religion, like you said, it's just branched off into many, but now that the mystery religion has really turned into, and that's Gnosticism. Gnosticism, despite the great variety in Gnostic schools of thought, several features of Gnosticism can be identified. Perhaps most importantly, the idea of knowledge is important for Gnosticism. Gnosticism itself is derived from the Greek gnosis, meaning knowledge, right? So that's kind of what it's based on, is it's based on knowledge. At the core of all versions of Gnosticism is the idea that only through attaining secret knowledge can people find their salvation and overcome the material world, right? So then, right then and there, that kind of relates back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Through attaining secret knowledge can people find their salvation and overcome the material world, right? So that is kind of, uh, well, and it says it started in the second century. So think about all the time that passed between the creation and the Garden of Eden until the second century, right? Until an, 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 a, basically a formal religion was created, right? So everything that's in secret eventually makes its way to the light. And so once it's able to be accepted, because Satan, you know, he's, he's foolish, but he's not a fool to where he doesn't know how, he understands how people work and if he doesn't think that people are ready to receive something yet he's just going to continue to work in the dark until that climate is ready to where people are willing to accept you know what we're accepting now i mean come on we're willing to accept that you know most of us but most people are willing to accept that a girl can be a boy and a boy can be a girl depending on how they feel like (laughs) this I mean, there's schools right now that are putting cat litter boxes into the schools because the the kid thinks he's a cat. I mean, we people need to judge accordingly. And this is something we need to judge as the body of Christ and not accept because we know that the standard of what a man and a woman is, is based off of your DNA and, and what you're biologically born with. And it doesn't matter how you feel. You can put lipstick on a pig all day, but it's still a pig. <laughs> yeah, it's just so well, and I think what it's sorry, about that sorry, it's is, gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna make people mad, but we don't, we, we don't accept no. it and we never will. And we don't think that it's good for our children. And I'm looking at all these articles cause I'm, I'm on, I'm on social media every day because, you know, I'm making content stuff. I literally seen that they were having a, a, a ball for one. I didn't know kids could go into bars that used to be illegal, but now all these bars all of a sudden have like these happy hour specials where kids can go and watch all these transgender men sit there and make the kids twerk on stage and stuff. Like, no, we need to reject this. And if you're listening and you're like, no, we have to accept people. No, we don't accept that. We don't accept that. Never will. And you know, write us off if, if you want, because we think that that's disrespectful to women for one, what men are doing. And we also think that it's just, it leads nowhere good. It's not fruitful for society. It's not good for our children. It's not what God wants because God literally, you know, talks about what he requires out of a man and a woman. And the things men are doing today, trying to be like women, God does not find favor well, on that and never will. So we don't. The people want to trust in science, right? Secular society wants to trust in right. science and evolution and all this kind of stuff. And if you can't prove it, then it must not be real. Okay, so what's the science say about all that? 
right? That now all of a sudden we're just gonna just forget about science and all of that because why? You know, it's just an agenda and that this, they're trying to push to get people confused. And that's all Satan's trying yeah, to do. Like I said, he doesn't. And, and if you don't, and if you don't know where the transgender agenda comes from, you need to just go look up a logo called the yeah, Baphomet. Exactly. All right. The Baphomet is the symbol of the satanic church, and it's a goat head with a star, a pagan star that they use for ritual on its head because that's its mark. It's like Mark showing that it's, you know, and they would sacrifice goats and stuff, you know what I mean? And Satan's represented as the goat, I mean. Then you look down, and it's got the the breast of women, okay, on, on it. So it's got the head of a goat, so it's mixing animal, and then it's got women, so it's mixing the the w- woman, and then it's got male, uh, ma- and it's got a male torso yeah, and stuff. The but then in the symbol. middle of the torso, yeah, and then it's got the phallic symbol, and then in the middle of the symbol is the snakes running up the rod, which just ironically is the same symbol for our healthcare system. So I'm not sure if you guys want to continue to put your trust fully. I'm not saying that medicine's not great. Like I said, my wife's a nurse. So I 100% agree with science and God is science and logical science. But this crap we're getting into today, you need to look at where it stems from and the origin of it and the symbology behind it. And you'll see that it's satanic. So anybody that tries to tell you otherwise or says that, oh, you need to just accept people and love them. No, 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 no. We don't need to love. We can love the right. person. I don't. I pray for yeah, these absolutely. people. Truly, I pray for them because they are so confused, and they've had something traumatic happen in their life. I, I, that's what I believe is that they had some type of childhood trauma. I mean, I read a statistic the other day because, like I said, I'm always researching, always reading. One in six kids that you see on the street. So you go to the store, and when you see one in six kids, one in six kids in today's society has been abused in some way yeah, by their that's, family. That's tragic. It's- whether that be physical abuse and mostly sexual abuse, whether that be someone from the family did something wrong, mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle. I mean, you got so many different things that could intercede into a child's life. And that's why we're doing what we're doing is because we're trying to help people here. We're not trying to tell you, Oh, this is what you believe. Yeah. You're an abomination to God. No, we're trying to get you to understand. You need to understand the root of what you're engaging in, what you believe in, because it's this Gnosticism, godlike hood of you can do whatever you want, self worship, righteousness. Like that's all this is. That's all transgenderism is: is you doing what you want to do and not caring about how it affects others because it makes you happy. And sometimes we can't just do what makes us happy. We have to make sacrifices right. and do what's best for for humanity, not for for ourselves. Well, that, that saying of "Oh, you do whatever you want as long as it makes you happy." Right, Alistair Crawley, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. I've exposed him a lot That's, on my Instagram you know, too, and there's great documentaries. I was say one of the most prominent Satanists from the 19th century. So, I mean, when people that's what people don't understand is, oh, my truth, you know, my way, all of that stuff is rooted in Satanism. It's pretty basic, people. I mean, all you have to do is go read a textbook. I mean, you don't even have, you know, like this stuff is rooted within the history of civilizations and the things that they were doing and creating and you know you just continue to look at the world right now and you're just like what is going on like where is god in all this like because a lot of christians i think are losing hope too because we are seeing this agenda like come to the earth you know of the new world order and this thing with you know the sex and all this stuff with the children and the pedophilia and even just like i said the hate i mean 
the amount of hate that it just goes on in these social media spaces and you know, just these areas of life now, anywhere that you go, it's just really sad. So honestly, this is why we believe in God too, is because he says he's going to fix all this. And if we're relying on any one man in this life to fix this, that's not perfect or that isn't Jesus, you're going to be let down every single time. That's just, that's just the truth. So don't look to men to figure out your problems or to prove points that you need to solidify your justification for you, what you want to choose to do with your free will, look to the Bible because then that will help guide you and make you see, Hey, there's a plan for me in my life and I can help others see that there's a plan for theirs, but we have to be willing to sacrifice. We have to be willing to sacrifice our time, sacrifice our ourselves in the sense that we're made new when we, be, we, we accept Christ. So that, that means putting off your old ways. So Christians will always come to me like, you can't just be saved by faith. That's I, I don't want to get into that. All I want to say is that <laughs> we're made I'll new. And so, yeah, you do not want to do bad stuff. You do not want to be perverted. You do not want harm to come to others. You literally want to live as holy as possible, but you realize that you cannot do it yourself. Only God can, and he's the one that gives us strength. So find your strength in the Lord in these end times, because that's what gives you peace every day. Like I literally could care less if the new world order comes, because guess what? I know God's going to protect me no matter what, whether that be in the rapture or whether he's here and he will cover me. I mean, God had the Israelites in the desert for a long time and they didn't have no food, no water and water would just appear out of the ground and food fell from heaven. I mean, that's, if you have that much faith, God can do that. And to think that he can't do that in these even modern times is just foolish. So see, this is why it's so important to understand the old, the old Testament, which we want to just continue to dig and continue to build on in the next episode is because if you understand the old God of the old Testament, in the sense that like, not Jesus was was on earth or his blood hadn't been shed for his perfect sacrifice to get make this new covenant. But you see that he was still walking with humans at all times. He was always with humans trying to get them out of a pinch. Always. God is always here trying to get us out of a pinch. And that's what's going to come to the earth again. We're going to get ourselves in a really bad pinch, which is going to be like a time unlike any other. That's why it is so important to be a watchman in these end times is because this is a time on earth unlike ever before. Yes, nothing new under the sun. We will be like the days of Noah when the end times come, but the end times and what it entitles and like the next chapter to, it's not really the end. See, that's the thing. It's just the beginning. Like we're actually beginning a millennium, a, a, a new eternity that will be with God and be perfect. But we just have to have patience because we're not God. We don't control time. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I just had a ton of stuff happen in my life, you know, that I had no idea that was coming, no thought. And so that's why I keep preaching Matthew 6. And I think it's so important is because we just need to take today and we need to see that God is always trying to do good in our life. Like truly, even in the hard times and the hard things, like I almost lost my cat, bro. And you know me, like I love that cat. He's only six years old, but I prayed to God and I said, God, let your will be done. As much as I wanted him to live, I said, let your will be done because I trust your plan. And if you take my cat from me, yes, I'm going to be sad. But I'm also going to remember that it was for a reason that I, I couldn't maybe see down the road. You know, maybe there was a worse thing that was going to happen my cat or something. You know, there's just sometimes things that we have to accept with tragedy that help us see God in a, in a better light. And sometimes that happens through hard times. And I feel just so, you know, my cat ended up making it and doing really well. And, you know, I said it on my Instagram, animals kind of teach us 
to have that relationship with God each day and to truly cherish all of our relationships and how important it is, is because we can focus on so much history and we can focus on so much truth and so much deception or trying to wake people up or show them this and that, that we forget about love. That's the truth. We truly forget to love ourselves, you know, and love our, love our children, love our, our family, and then love our neighbor. You know, you can't just love your family and then say, well, I love my family, so that's good enough. You know, you have to you have to extend that as a Christian to other people, even at times, you know, like I said, I don't condemn anybody for the lifestyle they live. You know, some people may think that, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that God loves you and that he died for you and what you've done on, you know, your transgressions, just like Taylor's, all of us, all of us have fallen short. That's what it teaches in Romans. So we just want you to understand that this ideology of being your own God or stepping into Yes, no matter no matter how much we know or knowledge or anything like that, we will never reach the level of Christ. Christ is not an ascended master. There's not others that have been like him, Krishna, Buddha, all that thing. They're not on the same level as Jesus and they never will be. You know, don't ever let that. And unfortunately, that I think is going to be one of the main deceptions that starts to come through is that we need to evolve past the state we're in and i think that's why evolution is so important to for them to teach in the schools is because eventually you know mankind we're the problem on this earth and we're the reason why we're destroying this earth and for us to basically save the earth we need to evolve as a humankind to get over this and to make it you know new and so that's what they're going to start. Pre- or, or just leave the planet and go to Mars. <laughs> right. Who the hell wants to go to that's Mars? Right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to Mars anytime soon. So I just accept that I'm grounded here on earth. And uh, the sooner that humans do get that through their head as well, then you can see God in his plan. Because actually the Bible teaches at the end of revelation, heaven comes down to earth. So that's very interesting that mankind's trying to like get us all into outer space or go to different planets and yeah, those are just to glorify God and his creation to show that like I'm beyond your comprehension when you just look to the sky. But did God ever say, I'm going to take you into the sky and put you into this universal like godhood of like you have your own planet or what? No, he's literally going to bring his kingdom to earth. So remember, this is where we're here to stay, people. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, don't worry, we'll be colonizing other planets in the next. No, sorry. Mankind is not ready to do that. We can't even colonize Earth properly and get hunger, you know, situated, let alone getting oxygen to and forth from <laughs> Mars. And yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're a bit away from that. Sorry. And so I would stop looking to, you know, other men to tell you how to live or how you can become God because you don't have any power over tomorrow. And that's, you know, it sounds harsh. But at the end of the day, it's the truth. And that's all we're here to do as Watchmen is preach the truth. And with that, I think that we can build off this to the next episode where we want to get more into the Gnosticism and the Illuminati, you know, and the Freemasons, because that is relevant to today. And I think that we can now tie that back to the Genesis six conspiracy of the Nephilim and how they got, you know, created. And then the kingdoms that they started to establish on the earth. Well, yeah, because it comes back to Nimrod. Right. He was kind of the first one. He's a central figure in a lot of these secret religions. 
and um, yes, we need to get into the story of Nimrod and the, like how how he became a, a godhead figure and even his life and what the Bible describes around. Him. So that will probably be what we touch on next. Like I said, we're gonna take pieces of the Bible. We're starting in the old, but I told you we're gonna be blending both because look at us today. We literally had multiple points that we were able to immediately pull that are relevant to today's society and relevant to when the Bible was describing society because. Like we said, this just all is coming to a head now. This isn't to start something new like on the earth. No, this is something that was established on the earth that is now just finally coming to fruition, which ultimately is the satanic beast system of taking the mark of the beast. That's just, it's coming. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, and some, some modern examples of, you know, people thinking they can become like God or referencing themselves. Just think about Jay-Z and calling himself Jehovah. And you got Yeezy, Kanye calling himself Jesus. I mean, where do you think that comes from? It, they didn't just randomly decide to blaspheme God. Yeah, they were and they are, but that comes from that secret religion. If you look at Jay-Z, he's worn shirts that say, do what thou wilt. That's connected to Alistair Crawley. So if you don't think these mainstream people are believing these same things that are in these secret societies, you're only fooling yourself. I mean, symbols rule the world still oh, today, yeah. people. You need to understand that. Symbols rule the world. We are still heavily influenced by symbols. I mean, I'm a father of two children and I'm sitting here teaching my kids. What do you think the first thing that I start teaching them is? I don't start teaching them letters. I start teaching them symbols of things first, you know, like shapes and other stuff. And then they start understanding the the more intricate things like letters, numbers and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I just taught my son how to draw a circle. Like, you know, now I say, sir, draw a circle. And he knows what a circle is now, but he doesn't understand the concept or that that circle now turns into a zero or an O in the alphabet. You know, he like understands letters, but symbols are how we establish language. That's honestly the first yes, language on was. earth was symbolism. I mean, look at the, look at the Egyptian. Yeah. It's the oldest language. The Egyptian hieroglyphics are a perfect example of that. And that's see, that's what we want to get more into is showing these ancient civilizations prove what is coming and what is happening and how our societies operate today. Because truly is nothing new under the sun so if we can just keep on you know diving into this and keep your attention of there is a big plan coming that you know we just can't stop but we need to just start blowing the horn and and waking up as many family friends whoever is willing to listen you don't go and you beat them over the head with this you just say hey we're willing to you know stand up for truth and and like and we're in a dark cave right now you can't walk around and get get to the end without a little bit of light, even just a tea light candle. If you just have a tiny little candle shining in that bright, dark cave, all of a sudden that darkness just boom goes away. And the, the message is always oh. hope. This is not a doom and gloom type oh. of message and or that. Oh, that's right. No, the world's ending and there's nothing we can do anything like that. Like you said, in Revelation, it's already been planned out. And we know what happens. God wins in the end. And what we want people to understand is we want as many souls to be saved and come with us, no matter what the world says and tries to convince you of. We just want you to be saved. And it's it's so easy. All you have to do is just give your life to Jesus. Repent. Say that we're sinners and believe that Jesus, you know, died for our sins. And that's something that you're going to have to work out. We all work out our salvation on our own. No one can make our decision for us. 
but just trust us and believe when we say it's the best decision you can ever make in your life. I I can't imagine where I'd be at without God right now, and I'm not sure how anybody survives without him. But hey, that's not this here or there. That's for another time to discuss. And like I said, it's been great um, talking about this, but I think we're going to just wrap up the episode today. And like I said, next week we'll look uh, or, you know, next episode, because I also want people to understand when this episode drops, we're doing these recordings and I've got a lot of different recordings too that I'm dropping and I'm, you know, I may drop one or more. I'm starting to pile up a little <laughs> bit, which is a good thing, but I've also got my other buddy Mitt that I've been, you know, preaching with him. He's a new Christian. So this is actually what's great is what, if you listen to me and T-Mac here, or my co-host, we're strictly in the Bible, like right now, because this is just where we're rooted at and where, where our mission is for like what we created Watchman Inc for. But see, I told you Watchman Inc is a movement to get more souls. And so with my buddy, he just gave his life to Christ. And so now it's kind of interesting to, you know, he's really smart and he knows about all this stuff that we are with the Gnosticism and the Satanism. And, you know, he knows about all this because it's so easily seen, but now it's just important to make things like this episodes like this, because we want people to get the biblical understanding. See, everybody's preaching the great awakening, blah, 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 conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. But not as many people are trying to get it biblically based. And that's what we are here to do. So if you enjoy this type of content, continue to tune in and share it with your family, share it with your friends, because, hey, maybe maybe they've heard a thousand sermons. Maybe they've, you know, you yourself are a believer, but you're like, I just can't get them to I can't get them to look at Jesus and even think about it. Well, maybe you listen to this and say, hey, these guys have a little bit different twist and go test the things they say. That's the thing. We are not so arrogant to say that, like I said. Come to us if you find any issues or you've got your own things. We've got, you know, we can be contacted on Instagram mm -hmm. and other ways. But, you know, we encourage everybody to take every single word we have said today and go study it for yourself. Because we literally, even today's in today's episode, gave you like five years worth of studying. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's we, the trust, truth. Like, that's the, we, that's the honest truth. We it's the truth. could spend plenty of time talking about the rabbit hole and we will, but without. We, Jesus, but we gotta, we gotta, we just want to keep that true light yes. of going down that rabbit hole. You're gonna get turned around. You're gonna start thinking up is down and down is up, and you're not gonna, un, you know, know what to believe at that point. So you need that tether of the Bible to really keep you grounded and make your way through it, or else you're gonna get confused. And so that's kind of what yes. we're trying to do. Is that lots of people are starting to go that down that rabbit hole but they don't have the truth of the Bible with them. And so then they start believing all kinds of funny types of things. Yeah. So uh, like I said, be very careful when you're in these spaces and who you're listening to. And if you ever see somebody and you want, you know, confirmation from somebody to know what they're talking about, because, you know, like I said, this is years and years worth of study. And once you understand the lie and where it, where it all comes from, you can pretty much poke holes in anybody's argument that tries to go against what, you know, the Bible says. And it's because you study and you've sharpened your sword to be able to fight. And that's what we want to do. We would just want to arm you guys to be able to fight because we're the watchmen and we're here to tell you, get ready. There's a battle. Like we're in the battle, but now it's at the gate and it's about to bust down the door. And if you're not ready and you go down in it will consume you. You will get consumed. It's not a physical battle. It's no, a spiritual. That's battle. right. Ephesians. It says that we are in spiritual warfare. So that's why I say we are in a battle and just trying to live every single day and taking on the world and all our daily du duties, you know, as humans with our jobs, blah, blah, blah. 
But you need to understand there is a war for your mind, for your heart. And if you don't understand that now, it's time to start understanding it because time is not our friend. And so with that, I just want to thank you all again so much for your time and your love, your support. We truly do appreciate it. And we love every single one of you that are listening right now. Yes, we talk about harsh things and we say things that are the truth, but that's why you can trust us here is because we stand on that alone and we don't stand on people's feelings or our own feelings, just truth. That's truly all we are here to do is spread the gospel and the truth. Remember, our mission is Ezekiel 33.6. If the watchmen don't blow the trumpet, then the blood shall be on our hands because we have been given this information to share. And if we just sit around on our hands and don't do anything, then many will be consumed by it. And that's not what the duty of a watchman. So if you want to be a watchman, blow the trumpet. All right. I love you all. I hope that you have a great rest of your night. Tune in for next Friday for the another episode. And uh, thanks, everybody. Love you. And Much God bless. Everybody. Much love. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. To know the duty of a watchman, please read Ezekiel 33. Join the movement today. Follow on Instagram at Watchman Inc. for more details, content, and community interaction. Links in the description. God bless.